This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, see Sparky Pfeiffer here on 1250 AM. The Fan, a Green and Growing podcast uh, with you one more time here. And this is going to be a little bit different in our special bonus edition with Ken Barkley of You Better You Better. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Lockheed Lockers and Bet MGM, a major sponsor of theirs. Make sure to uh, oblige them as well. Uh, we're going to start off with the NFL draft, and then we will get into the Bucks series. So you Bucks fans that are checking this out, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, but first, talk about the NFL draft. And uh, Will Levis, this guy here, man, uh, I, I, as a Colts fan, I don't want him. Uh, but having said that, uh, one post on Reddit apparently has swayed odds of Will Levis possibly going one uh, to Carolina. What do you make of all this stuff there, Mr. Ken Barkley? Uh, well, I, you know, it's it's sort of funny, right? Like, we're doing a podcast, and it's going to come out really soon after we tape it, and everything could already be wrong by the sure. time you post it, right? That's, like, the funny part. And I would just, like, my advice to people, so this can be, like, betting the NFL draft or just, like, what they read, um, it's really unlikely that we actually know a lot. Like if there were, I think everybody thinks this is a puzzle, right? And you're trying to put together the pieces of the puzzle. And when you do that, you will learn some great truth about what is going to happen. Like, well, if I just, you know, if I listen to enough beat reporters and I, and I watch enough NFL network and ESPN, and I like listen to what everyone's saying, like there's a great truth that I can uncover like a detective almost. And really Everything is still ambiguous. And the reason for that is that if you're a team, like even if you're Seattle picking fifth, Vegas seventh, uh, the Titans who might want to move up to a quarterback, they pick 11th, the Eagles who like to trade like every single draft and do really fun stuff, they pick 10th. If you're all those teams, like, of course we don't know who those teams are picking right now. Of course we have no idea because they're looking at Houston picking two and Arizona picking three going, what are those guys going to do? And nobody knows. And that doesn't mean that like they don't have those teams don't have players that they like, and those teams aren't locked in on players. But those teams are both trying to trade desperately with anybody who will come up and take a quarterback, especially Will Levis from Kentucky. So like Bryce Young is almost certainly going to be the first pick of the draft. And then at number two, everyone for two weeks has tried to figure out what Houston's going to do. And I think my my guess just is that they still really want to trade. There are a few teams like the Patriots who maybe want to come up and take Will Levis and all of that is being negotiated right now and nothing may end up happening. Maybe Houston has to eat the pick, but like all of the betting markets are moving on wild speculation. That's really just speculation. So it's like, I, you know, even if you're picking fourth, fifth, right. It's just like, you're the Colts at four and you, you think you're going to get a quarterback. Okay. What if somebody trades for two for Levis and the Titans trade for three with Arizona to take CJ Stroud, who they love. And it's like, okay, now are they taking Richardson? Like you get to three and four and you're already just like, I don't know. 
I got no idea. So the idea that like the second and third pick, not like that those teams don't know what they want to do, but just we don't know who's making the second and third pick. That stalls out everything else about betting the draft because you can't have a recognizable order. You don't know enough about how it's going to go. So I think this has the potential to get really crazy or really uh, just like unknown, even going into the night of the draft. And if it seems like those two teams are going to stick and they have to make picks, then maybe we can make some really good guesses. But I would just kind of like invite everybody to just chill out and just like, if you don't, if we don't know who's making picks two and three, don't just have make really like big assumptions about what's going to happen the rest of the way. Can you ever remember? um, I don't want to call it a witch hunt. Uh, but but what's happening to C.J. Stroud here with all this stuff coming out, whether it be uh, you know not showing up for the Manning camp or the cognitive test score, and now apparently somebody leaked a Wonderlick test score and it's an 18 or something like that, uh, and that's out there as well. It, it's almost like uh, a group of people or somebody is is leaking this stuff out on purpose on Stroud. Like I I don't I don't I can't remember another guy that had all this negative stuff coming out on him that was thought to be a, a top two top three pick leading up to the draft. Yeah, so there's a there's a concept I think it's called like a draft ding, right? And it so that that means that it does happen sometimes, like it's a phenomenon. So it's, it's happened before, but this year is different, right? Because it seems to almost all be isolated to one yes. player. And it's not, and over and over and over again. Yes. Right? It's not like just one negative story. It's a bunch of them. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if like off the top of my head, I have a comp for what's happening right now. It all seems like it's heaped on him. And, uh, you know, I don't know like what the origin of it is or whatever. I, I think the really interesting thing is like, it just a, a classic, this is not more so much of a betting take, just like an interesting NFL draft thing. How much do you weigh? like the quality of a prospect. So like Will Levis is a huge guy and he can do crazy stuff and he can throw the ball 50 yards, whatever. How much do you weigh something like that against something like if you watch CJ Stroud play against Georgia in the college football playoff semifinal and he was like transcendent, like he was unbelievable, right? And yes, he has like NFL receivers and all this stuff. It's just like, how do you weigh on-field performance against like the quality of a prospect? And there are success stories on both sides, right? Like there are, like Jalen Hurts was like a really successful college quarterback who also had a really good work ethic and he's turned into like an MVP caliber quarterback. Josh Allen played at Wyoming and he didn't even really have a good final year, but he was like a raw prospect and the bills took him and they developed. So like it can work both ways. It's kind of just like, which one do you buy more? Uh, I think there are teams that really, 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 really would still love to draft CJ Stroud. So despite all the negative stuff, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts drafted him at four, depending on where Levis goes. I would really not be surprised if the Titans like moved heaven and earth to try to get him and have him be their starting quarterback maybe week one this season. Wow, that's that's saying a lot at, at this point. All right, let's uh, move on to the NBA. Uh, and as you could imagine, Bucks fans uh, are besides themselves at this point. Uh, I, I was one of the fans that said, look, they don't need Giannis to win this series. Even if Giannis misses the rest of the series, they can still win the series. I feel like the Bucks felt the same thing. Uh, going into their last game, and that's why Giannis sat or two games ago, uh, figuring they would win Game Three in Miami uh, without him. That didn't happen. So then Giannis comes back to play Game Four. They lead the whole game and then fall apart in the last five minutes. Uh, and now down three-one, and again an eight losing to a one. What would this be the third time? I think that would or a one losing to Nate be like the third time it's happened. Uh, and I think Bucks fans are kind of in shock right now as to what all has happened. Sure. And, and they kind of should be because the series has been so weird, right? Like, I, I would almost make the argument, like, have we played one normal basketball game yet in the no. series? It's like, it's, so I, I know it's like, man, the Bucks are really in trouble. And they, I mean, and they are, like, they have to win three games in a row and the Heat only have to win one game. Um, 
but it still feels possible that they can do it. And to be honest, there's not a lot of teams down 3-1 that would get like this much credit and not a lot of teams down 3-1 that I would be remotely confident in. I mean, we had a bunch of teams down 3-1 play last night and we think the Hawks are coming back to win that series, even though they won last night. Anybody think the Clippers were going to win three in a row? And so what it speaks to is just like, the Bucks do have a tremendous advantage in this game and in this series. They still have all the advantages they had at the start. They still have them. It's like game one, there was a crazy injury, and that disrupted everything about the game. Game two, the Bucks made a million threes. Game three, the Heat made a million threes and like set a franchise record. And then in game four, we had basically the greatest single individual performance in the history of the NBA postseason. Like, all of that somehow happened in one series. And that's what I mean when I'm like, have we played, like, a normal game yet? <laughs> like, to just be like, hey, you know, like, who's better? Right. And every time I think about who's better, it's like the Bucks by a landslide. So I don't I, – look, I haven't bet Milwaukee today to win the series. I did bet them to win the series when they were down uh, – when they lost game one uh, and Giannis got hurt. Like, obviously, we had a lot more games left at that point. So, but I, I actually think it's probably kind of like a coin flip. Maybe even, like, the Bucks should be a small favorite to win the series – just because they're going to be incredible favorites in games five and seven, and they'll be about a four and a half point favorite maybe in game six on the road or five, and like that's the trouble game. But if Giannis is okay, and he looked like pretty good, he didn't look perfect, grabbed his back a couple times, but like he had a triple double, he was really effective. If he's okay, I actually think they might still be like a little more likely than Miami to win the series. It's, it probably just becomes a true coin flip. And the, the craziest part is if they do win the series, like if they do win these three games in a row, I, I would like them against the Knicks a lot. And, and then they're going to play the Celtics in the conference finals, and that's kind of what we thought we were going to get the entire – there's a way we still get everything we thought could happen. That's, with all the crazy stuff that's happened, it's like interesting that there's still a path to exactly what we all thought would happen. It's interesting. Giannis was so spent after that game, he ended up having to get IV after the game uh, in the locker room because uh, uh, of what he went through in that game. Uh, and, you know, Bucks fans, uh, they've never really been on the Mike Bootenholes or bandwagon to begin with. Uh, he won a championship, and then they kind of got there. Uh, and already, you're seeing Bucks fans talking about wanting to fire Boonholzer uh, if they lose this series. And as you talked about, how much of this is really on the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I I never fancy myself like the X's and O's guy, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of smart things to say about how Eric Spolstra is out coaching Mike Budenholzer, which, by the way, Eric Spolstra has like a 70% winning percentage in the playoffs with a bunch of bad teams. Yep. Like I made the finals in the bubble. Great like, coach. I'm one of the most absurd coaches of all time. Yep. So it's just like, I mean, is Budenholzer bad? As opposed to maybe what's happening with J.B. Bickerstaff in the Cleveland series where like, look, Tibbs is a good coach, but like Tibbs loses playoff series all the time. And, uh, and what's happened in that series, like kind of be like, well, wait a minute what's going on here is it even like embarrassing to get out coached by eric spolstra i don't even know and okay like you you had your best player get hurt then you won a game then they set a record for threes and then their best player scored almost 60 so it's just like what what's the adjustment you'd like to see like i don't i mean i don't even it just seems like all of these all four games have been these extreme outcome weird like even weirder than a normal postseason game type of game and I feel like if we just stop having that happen in some way that it's just I think the Bucks being much better actually will become apparent immediately but I don't know like I that's what makes it so interesting what uh what else stands out with you in the NBA playoffs I think the best series has been the Kings and the Warriors by far highly entertaining and that one goes back to Sacramento uh tied up at two but what stands out to you in the uh, the rest of the playoffs just re- uh, you're right, the Kings Warriors, and we'll see why De'Aaron Fox, obviously with the fractured like fingertip, 
and he looks like he's going to play in game five, but just, you know, if he's hurt, does that, does that kind of ruin that series? We'll have to wait and watch game five to kind of know for sure. Like, does that make the, the Kings kind of not, not so good and the Warriors more likely to advance? Obviously the looming Warriors Lakers second round series is like box office and phenomenal. And I, we did this exercise on the show yesterday with both Western conference semifinal series. So that would be Phoenix and Denver with Denver having home court advantage. That one's already determined. And then obviously the Lakers and the Warriors seem a little more likely than the other combinations to play right now. Golden State would have home court in that series. Just think about like, what would you make the probability that each team would win that series? And I think what you come up with is, I think you're going to have a lot of really, really different opinions, even among smart people about what those probabilities should be. Like Phoenix right now in the betting market is like 55, 56% to win the series against Denver. Like that's kind of what the betting market says. Is that, is that right? I think you could get a lot of differing opinions on should Phoenix be even be favored, like based on what we've seen, how they don't take any threes, how much they play their starters, like all these, they, they seem kind of vulnerable. I don't think we really have a good idea what the difference between those two teams are. And if the Lakers and Warriors play, that's another matchup where I think the Warriors will be favored, maybe by a lot. No, I, I don't. I don't think we. Well, the Warriors are definitely favored because they have home court. Well, that the may be. But they, they have. So. They have no size. I mean, I. I just. I. I don't see. Right, but the Lakers are also very slow. Like I get, it's, it's such a contrast in styles. That's what makes it so fun, right? Yeah. I mean, the the Grizzlies play or the uh, Warriors, excuse me, played an incredibly fast pace. And and who on the Lakers is going to chase Steph Curry around? Dennis Schroeder. D'Angelo Russell, that's yeah, going to chase. Those are your around. options. Like they got, they got again. Neither team has any answer for what the other team wants to do remotely. It's almost like who can kind of jam their style into the game more than the other team. That's what makes it so fun. But that's to my point. Uh, we have four teams left in the Western Conference. They're playing each other. I don't have the remotest clue who's going to win. I don't even have the remotest clue what the price is supposed to be in the series. And this never happens. It just never happens. And, uh, and so the historic nature of that, maybe it creates betting opportunities. If you have a strong opinion, I don't know if the betting market has a clue kind of like how this is going to go. We're all just kind of guessing because that's what kind of season it's been. But if it's Kings Lakers, then everything goes Lakers. If it's Kings Lakers, the Lakers will be as like almost as big a favorite probably as the Warriors were in the first round or maybe bigger. And it, part of that depends on how healthy Fox is, probably, Correct, too. Right. So, but the Warriors were about minus 260, and they didn't have home court in the series. The Lakers will probably be like that or a little less because now Fox is hurt. Uh, and if the Grizzlies win, I really don't think they're going to win. But if the Grizzlies win the series somehow, if like Anthony Davis gets hurt or whatever, uh, then the Warriors will be favored over the Grizzlies, even without home court, I think, because I think everyone has a really bad taste in their mouths on the Grizzlies now with what we've seen. Yeah, I, I can't imagine the Grizzlies come back to win that series either. Uh, all right, there he is, Ken Barkley. Check him out at Lockie Lockers and on Twitter. Him and Nick Costos do an unbelievably uh, great, entertaining show. Uh, and even if you, you aren't into gambling, I'm telling you, you will laugh hysterically. You will have a good time, and it will make your day go by so much quicker. Check him out, part of the BetQL Radio Network. You better, you bet. Check out their podcast as well. BetMGM, major sponsor for those guys. Thanks so much for coming on, Ken. Appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Sounds good, Sparky.